Has anything terrible ever happened to you? It's a simple question. Has your life sucked? Tell her the truth. There is no truth. Drag out our story. Maybe all we've done is make a girl cry. She's talking about what happened. That's huge. Happy Monday and welcome to Third Degree Mind. You know, this podcast uh, always keeps disappearing for a period of time, but we always keep coming back. We're always around. I'm always available for contact on the Facebook page, Third Degree Mind, even when it's been a month or two since a new episode has been released. If you haven't, uh, go ahead and look us up on Facebook and go give me a like. You can find it, uh, just type in Third Degree Mind. Over the last uh, few weeks, I've been dealing with a lot of changes in my life that have caused some undue stress. And of course, as you know, that's always been my excuse for pushing this podcast uh, further onto the back burner. I've been dealing with a a lot of family court drama with uh, schedule changes regarding my time with my daughter. My work schedule might be changing soon, which... I'm sure will inevitably cause yet another court battle. Other things in life, uh, I've been stressing about my 30th birthday coming up here uh, later this week. Some of you might look at me and think I'm nuts for going crazy over turning 30. You're still young. You know, this isn't that big of a deal. It's only 30. But for me, these last few weeks of my 20s, have been hitting me kind of hard, that my life just does continue to move forward. Life always goes on, and and there is no pause button. Kenny Chesney uh, says this perfectly. Don't blink, just like that, you're six years old, and you take a nap, and you wake up, and you're 25, then your high school sweetheart becomes your wife. Don't blink. Just might miss your baby's growing like mine did Turning into moms and dads Next thing you know You better have a 50 years is there in bed And you pray and God takes you instead Trust me friend A hundred years goes faster than you think So don't blink You know, people sometimes talk about having a midlife crisis when they turn 40 or 45 or something like that, Uh, when the reality starts to set in that they've been living their life, but they haven't done half the things on their bucket list. So they start to kind of go crazy with spending sprees, trying to get all kinds of stuff done before they get too old. For a while now, I've thought a lot about this, and I've really tried to make sure that that doesn't end up happening to me. I don't want to waste the time that I have now, because before you know it, I'll be stressing about the end of my 30s. 
here I am about to turn 30 and stressing about how much of my life is already over. In another 10 years, it's going to be even worse. I'm going to be sitting here at the end of my 30s like, what happened? Where did this time go? So I've talked before about how when I have these random stressful episodes, I, I try to run away. I leave Vegas, go do something. I really like to travel a lot. I like seeing new places. So in early May, I took a week off work. I went with some friends on a motorcycle trip through Arizona. We went through uh, Lake Havasu, the Grand Canyon, Sedona, Scottsdale, Phoenix area. Basically, we made one big circle around the state of Arizona. There's lots of scenery in that state, by the way. If uh, if you've never been to Arizona, there's quite a variety of scenery, things to see, things to do. You know, places like Sedona, you get the forest and the Red Rock formations. Lake Havasu has the London Bridge. Uh, outside of Phoenix, you get all the uh, Segoro cactus. Those are those... Uh, stereotypical plants that people always think of when they think desert. Seeing fields of those things is is definitely quite the sight. You know, I'd never seen that before. I thought that was super, super cool. It's just, it's different. And of course, you got the Grand Canyon. Everyone knows what that is. I've seen the Grand Canyon many times. It never gets old. Like I said, if you've never been to Arizona, it's a great place for a road trip because there's just a variety of things to see. So anyways, I, I came home after that vacation. I went back to my normal routine. I went to work. I hung out with the kiddo. And then this past weekend, I went to uh, Northern California. I uh, went to Fresno area because I, I wanted to see some of the national parks up that way. California's got a lot of national parks, especially in that part of the state. There's Yosemite, Sequoia, Kings Canyon. i never been to any of those, so... And as you could tell, I, I really like that kind of scenery. I like traveling. I like road trips. So that was definitely the plan for this past weekend. But a lot of things went wrong. Let me just back up uh, a little bit here. A good friend of mine, his name's Rob. Uh, he, he and I ride motorcycles a lot. Uh, he's the one that I tend to do all these motorcycle trips with. You know, I talk about these different motorcycle trips that I take. 99% of the time, it's it's with Rob. Well, in April, he got a girlfriend for the first time since I had known him. She's awesome. I really like her. I have nothing against her. She even rides a Harley, so she's all right in my book. She came with us on this Arizona road trip uh, in early May. But she did have to work a portion of that weekend. Couldn't get out of it, so... She couldn't do the entire trip. So the last two days, she and Rob skipped out and they uh, went back to Las Vegas. A portion of that trip was, I guess, thwarted by his new relationship. And I thought to myself, well, you know, that's just a part of life. You know, people got to work. Nothing we can do about that. I didn't want her to have to ride back to Las Vegas by herself. So the fact that Rob was going to go with her and leave the trip early, that it made the most sense to me. I mean, yeah, I was a little bit bothered, but 
I wasn't, I wasn't like angry or irritated or anything like that. It was just, you know, it, it is what it is. Shit happens. I was glad that the two of them were, were able to come for at least a portion of the trip and we had a good time. And, and like I said, I wasn't angry or anything like that. Uh, I still did the trip that I wanted to. I continued and just did the rest uh, on my own. It didn't really matter that much to me uh, that he had to go back because of her. You know that in at the end of the day, these places that we wanted to see, they're they're not going anywhere. So there's always another chance. We can always do this again later. So then we planned this trip for this this past weekend here, the California National Parks. We planned this one a few weeks ago. Rob was going to come with. I took off work. I had to arrange my schedule with my daughter. I had to work with my ex-wife, with her mom, to get that uh, figured out so that I'd be available those days for that trip. Jill was going to come with. Everything was set. And Rob comes to me uh, last week. And he says that Jill, his girlfriend, can't go because her kids are going to be in town that weekend. One of her kids uh, lives in Nashville and one lives in San Antonio. They're both like 18, 19, 20, something like that. So they're both coming to Vegas. And so, of course, Jill can go. She's not going to come come with when her kids are coming into town. So no hard feelings. That made total sense. And plus, like... I only known Jill for like a month, so it doesn't, we're not that close. It's not, you know, it's Rob's girlfriend, so it doesn't really impact me that much. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, whatever, you know, I hope she has a good weekend. Like I said, no hard feelings. It makes total sense. But then it went from Jill can't go to Jill and Rob can't go. Why? I I didn't understand why Jill's daughters coming to town had any impact on Rob's ability to go on this trip that we had planned. Rob and Jill have only been together for about a month. I wasn't understanding what her personal and family life and situation with her daughters coming. I didn't understand what that had anything to do with Rob. You know, if it was me, a girlfriend of a month said that she can't come with me on some trip or something because she has this and that to do or she's got to work or she's got family in town or whatever the case is. If it was me, I'd say, great, see you in a few days. I'm going. (laughs) I'll see you when I get back. I don't need to do everything with the girl that I'm seeing. But I guess Rob was not really like that. Uh, You know, when she canceled, he canceled. He blew me off. We've been friends for a couple of years now. We always go on motorcycle trips together. So first there was the Arizona one. Now, now I'm starting to get irritated about what happened in Arizona too. That And like I said, I wasn't originally bothered by it because it made sense that he had to leave early with her to, so she could come home. But now that this is happening with another trip, now I'm kind of like, this is two trips in two weeks that have been thwarted or you know somehow affected by this new girlfriend and I don't think she's even intentionally doing anything she's not trying to screw us over with these vacations that we have planned I think it's just him that he's putting her so high on a pedestal that 
the rest of his friends are just kind of getting shit on. At least that's how I was feeling. I was annoyed. I was angry. I was irritated. But in the end, I just, I, I guess I just kind of let it go. I decided I, I already had the time off work. I, I already had the plans made. I set everything up with my daughter already. I, I might as well still go. Otherwise, I'm just going to be sitting home with nothing to do. Like, what's the point of that? Especially knowing that with Jill's daughters in town, that Rob wants to stay in town to prioritize that. He's probably not going to be available to do anything with me in town anyways. So, I, like I said, I would have just been sitting at home by myself. Nothing really to do. So, I figured I might as well go. But I, I decided to drive instead of take my bike. Uh, I'm really big into photography. It's one of my hobbies. I like doing landscape photography, nature photography, things like that. And I have quite a bit of equipment. I can't fit it all on my Harley. You know, it's more than a camera, a tripod, bunch of lenses. It's a massive bag. It's just a lot of stuff. So I figured if I'm going to do this trip alone, I can take all my photography shit in the car with me. And then that way I can sit in the park by myself, find some good spots, and spend time just listening to music, taking some photos, and, and hanging out by myself. Like, that'd be fun. I, I like doing that kind of thing. I don't do a lot of photography with other people around anyways because it takes time to set up the equipment, to find the right shot, to find where I want to be. And then I'm sitting there for a while. You know, there's a lot of composition things that go into a, a good photograph. It's more than just a point and shoot. At least that's how I do it. Like I, I put a lot of thought into, into it, you know? So I spend a lot of time doing it and everybody else that's with me tends to get bored. And then there's the fact that after I take a few pictures, you know, they all, Oh, can I see, can I see, I want to see what they look like. No, that's not really, that's (laughs) to me like, and I'm not, I'm not like a professional photographer or anything, but to me asking a photographer to see a picture that he just took prior to being able to process it in Photoshop or do what he wants to do with it. That's like asking a painter to to see a painting like when he's halfway done with it. It's like, no, let me let me finish. I want you to see the finished product. So it's just a little minor pet peeve. I don't I don't like showing pictures that are on my camera. I'd, I'd rather wait till I get I want to look through them first. I want to do what I want to do with processing them, whatever plan I had. If if I'm doing a composite with multiple different images, like a big panorama or just a whatever high density uh, like, uh, uh, difficult to explain, but basically taking a really overexposed picture and over and then an underexposed picture, and then essentially merging them in Photoshop so that you get the shadows of one and the highlights of the other, just stuff like that. Like, like I said, there's, there's more to it than just a point and shoot. So I, it, anyways, long story short, I'm thinking me going by myself, this is a good excuse for me to just take my photography stuff and I can hang out and I'll do pictures in Yosemite National Park all day. This time of year, Yosemite is beautiful. It's a mountain, mountainous park. There's, It's got a mild climate. It's sunny, 60s, 70s, springtime. It's absolutely gorgeous, or at least that's how it's supposed to be. Being that it's all mountains, the weather is, you know, sometimes unpredictable and not really consistent with those expectations. I got there on Saturday and it was raining cold like 40s. 
It rained all night Saturday. Sunday, the temperature dropped into the low 30s. And that heavy rainfall turned into snow. Lots of snow. Like 10 to 20 inches of snow. So I drove in to Yosemite during this uh, shitty weather. Of course, one thing I'm thinking about is the fact that it's a good thing I brought my car and not my motorcycle. And then I see the signs in the park about chains being required, you know, snow chains for your tires. And I'm thinking to myself, I, I lived in Wisconsin, and we get like 60 inches of snow in a year. I've never once in my life needed tire chains. I've never owned them. I don't know how to put them on. I, I've, I've survived without tire chains my whole life. So I'm thinking this whole chains thing is not that big of a deal. I know how to drive in snow. They're thinking at this park that a lot of people that live in California, they don't know how to drive in snow, especially multiple inches of snow. You know, people freak out when there's a dusting of snow on the road. It's like, that's nothing. Like, I can drive in that no problem. So I'm thinking I'll just I'll just keep going. I am familiar with driving in snow. I can look at a road and I can, I, I'll know if I can safely drive on that or not. I'll know my vehicle's limitations. I know my skill levels. I know what the car can handle. I know how to drive in snow. So I'll be able to look and see for myself if there's too much snow that I need to turn around. I'm not going to turn around just because there's a sign that says I need chains. All right. Like I said, I lived in an extremely snowy climate for 25 years. So I drive in several miles. And then, of course, I see that park ranger blocking the road with a squad car, lights flashing and everything. He's checking every vehicle to make sure that they have tire chains properly installed. And if they don't, they're turned around and have to leave the park. So that was me driving in, turning around, heading back out because I didn't have chains. I drove seven hours to this park only to drive about a mile in and then be turned back around. No pictures, no nothing. It sucked. I like road trips. It was it was disappointing. I I like road trips, and so I wasn't super angry, I guess, but I guess maybe just frustrated. Like I still got to see some scenery from inside my car. It was cool to see, you know, the snow in Yosemite. But um it still sucked. I got out of Vegas, I got out of my normal routine for a few days, but at the end it obviously it, it still sucked, you know. So I I drove back home late last night. As I'm driving, I'm I'm thinking about this whole thing with Rob canceling. I'm I'm thinking that you know, it's it's actually a good thing that he did cancel because otherwise we would have taken our bikes. I wouldn't have known about this weather. And we wouldn't have even gotten as far as as I did because it was way too cold. It was rainy even before I saw how much snow there was up there. We just, you know, we just wouldn't have done it. It, it We would have been soaked from constant rain. But even in spite of that, you know, that hindsight type of thing, I was still irritated by the fact that he canceled. I still hadn't gotten over that. It was like this catch-22, like a lose-lose. Like, hey, it's a good thing I brought my car. It's a good thing Rob didn't come. But then on the same note, it's like, why the fuck did he cancel on me? I'm still irritated by this. It's 40s, rainy. It wouldn't have made for a good motorcycle trip anyway. We would have, we would have been absolutely miserable. 
100% miserable. It would have been awful. I'm not even exaggerating. Like, the rain was so bad. It was so cold. I don't know. But, you know, I was also thinking while I was while I was driving home, thinking about all this traveling and stuff that I've done, I was thinking about other stressors in my life. You know, I mentioned earlier about this nonstop family court stuff that I have to deal with, with my daughter's mom, all that. I don't know if I ever really shared this part with you guys, but when all that started, I was forced into some pretty heavy debt. It totally screwed my financial situation, probably for life. Divorce can be expensive anytime. All divorces are expensive unless they're 100% civil and you just pay like the filing fee and there's no lawyers and stuff like that well that's not how mine was mine was like 18 months lawyer 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 all these court hearings documents things like that that all cost money it just it added up so quick and and even after the divorce was finalized you know they're still going back to the lawyer's office for different things dealing with uh my daughter's mom over different custody related matters, all these more more legal expenses. Um, you know, this was it just it crippled me financially and still cripples me financially. And like I said, this started several years ago because the divorce itself was finalized in 2016. But when I walked away from my marriage and it was all said and done, I was fast approaching about $100,000 in debt. And I'm not talking about my car, my motorcycle, my mortgage. I'm just talking about the pure credit card debt and other unsecured personal loans that I had to take out to pay for all these legal expenses. Close to hundred grand, And that's all in addition to my mortgage and my car payment. Shortly after that, after the divorce, divorce was finalized in... April of 2016, and in September of 2016, so just a few months later, is when I bought my Harley. So yes, I bought a $25,000 toy after dumping nearly a hundred grand into a divorce. So I was thinking about all that last night as I'm driving, all this stress of real life, this financial nightmare that I've put myself in, and that I've been in for the last few years. I remembered why I bought the Harley. I bought it against my better judgment and the judgment of several people close to me that knew the financial hardships that I was going through. But I bought it against all that better judgment because I wanted to have something to feel good about life again. I was so destroyed after that marriage and divorce. I I needed something to remember that life is not all bad. Yes, I was in major debt. And yes, I was going to struggle to be able to afford this new bike. But damn, did it help bring me some sense of peace after a very traumatic and painfully long experience. So I bought it as a gift to myself. Like I said, against all better judgment. It was a gift that I I knew I couldn't afford. But when I first made the decision to leave my wife back in 2015, early to January of 2015, almost two years prior to buying this bike, 
I knew it was going to cost a shit ton of money. I knew that I'd fall into major debt because of that decision. But eventually I did it anyways because I reminded myself that happiness and money don't really go together. Some of the richest people in the world are also some of the most depressed or the most unhappy about life. And some of the happiest people that you'll ever meet are the ones who are flat broke. The ones that can't even afford to eat. I live my life over the next few years, all the way up to and still including today, with this mindset that I know I'm going to be in this major debt for a long, long time. I'll be making debt payments for probably the rest of my career. That's inevitable at this point. So I stopped worrying so much about what I could afford because technically it's nothing. When you have that much debt, you you can't afford anything. All your money needs to go towards absolutely essential bills like your mortgage. And then whatever's left needs to go towards this debt. So I stopped worrying so much about what I could afford and being financially responsible or frugal. Instead, I just continued doing what I love. Primarily, that's traveling. You know, traveling costs money. All these trips I take cost money. A little bit of gas. You know, I don't spend a ton of money. I don't fly to Europe every week. I just do little road trips, but that costs gas. It's wear and tear on my vehicles, hotels, eating out. I mean, they they cost money, money that I don't technically have. A lot of these trips go on a credit card. They're just added to my massive debt. It's not really a growing debt anymore because I am paying it down. And I pay more down than I than I add to it. So it it is my debt is going down. It's slowly going away. But I'm certainly not paying it down as fast as I could if I were more responsible and would stop spending all this money on things like traveling. So I was left with two options, essentially. I could become incredibly frugal, not spending money unless I actually have it, and even then prioritizing the debt payment over spending money on having fun and enjoying life. I wouldn't take these trips, might even get rid of my bike, save that bike payment, downsize my car, not go see my family, uh in Wisconsin because I just can't afford to fly anywhere. I did the math a little bit and I estimated that if I lived my life like that, I could be completely debt-free in about 12 to 15 years. This sounds like a great option to be completely debt-free, especially with how much debt that I have. But it sounds like this great option that I could go 12 to 15 years of, of living very, very frugal within my means, and then I could be completely debt-free and I'd, I could go do whatever I wanted to do. But by then, I'll be in my mid-40s. My 30s would be completely gone. Here I am today worrying about how my 20s just disappeared. I'm about to start a new decade in my 30s. But if I made this decision of financial responsibility, I'd go through my 30s and I'd be sitting here again, even more so, with no life experience during my 30s. 
I'd have no social life for more than a decade. I wouldn't be able to take my daughter to do fun things until she was in high school. I'd lose and essentially miss out on her entire childhood. But life would continue. Like I said, I'd be in my mid-40s. I can't just press pause. So is that what I want? Financial security in my 40s, at least in my specific case, comes with its own cost. The cost of losing my 30s. It's the cost of sacrificing more than a decade of my life which is already flying by at a pace that's out of control. I'm about to be 30. All I can do is sit here and think, where did my 20s go? If I sit here in 15 years, completely debt-free, but without any experiences in my 30s or early 40s, just because I couldn't afford to take a road trip somewhere, or I couldn't afford to fly back home and see my family for Christmas. If I do that, did I really win? Did I really accomplish anything? I'm in debt already. That's a given. I can't get out of it overnight. I can't get out of it for years. There's just no way. So do I sacrifice my 30s? To get out of debt? Or do I just keep doing what I want to do, realizing that I'll be in debt for a huge majority of my life, accepting that, not worrying about it, and being able to sit here 15 years from now happy that I did what I did, happy that I went on these vacations and I saw these parts of the world or or whatever, happy that I went to places I wanted to see, did things that I wanted to do. Because like I said, there there is no pause button. Life is going to move forward whether I'm experiencing it and living it or sitting here focused on paying off debt. Now, I want you to listen carefully though because I'm not telling you to go massively into debt to buy all kinds of materialistic things that might bring you some temporary happiness. Or a false sense of happiness. But I do want you to think about this. And think about the fact that money is not everything. You can save and save and save. But if you never experience anything, you'll be 40 or 50 or 60 one day. And you never did anything. Think about this, you know, where I work, a lot of a lot of my coworkers work overtime. You know, they were, and some of them are like overtime whores. They just, they pick up every overtime shift they can. They'll work seven days a week just to make all this money. But at a certain point, what does it matter how much money you're making if you can't go on the vacations you want to go on because you're too busy working overtime? You might work a lot of overtime so you can buy the new boat that you want. But if you're working all the overtime, when are you going to take the boat out on the lake? At a certain point, there's a, there's a nexus between earning all the money you can or saving all the money you can, paying off the debt like you can. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you waste 10 years of your life doing that and then the boat just sits in the garage. You see what I'm saying? Eventually, you'll be lying on your deathbed. Would you rather be in that position 
thinking, man, I've lived a really good life. I'm satisfied. Or would you rather be on your deathbed thinking, when the hell did I get old? When the hell did my, where the hell did my life go? Are you really going to be sitting there on your deathbed thinking, boy, it's a good thing I'm going to be put in the ground completely debt free? Does that really matter at the end of life? Life is going to happen whether you're experiencing it or not, my friends. It's going to happen. There is no pause button. So live it. Experience it. Like Kenny Chesney says, don't blink. I'm going to take a short break. I'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Third Degree Mind. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Hey guys, it's Jay of Third Degree Mind Podcast. If you're a regular listener of Third Degree Mind, I hope you found an easy way to download and stream all of the latest content. There are a bunch of ways that you can do that and make sure that you're always getting up-to-date notifications when we release a new episode. I want to make sure that you found one of those so that you're always able to listen to Third Degree Mind on demand and that we don't lose touch. The majority of our audience gets Third Degree Mind from CastBox. You can go to castbox.fm on the web or download the CastBox app using your Android or Apple device and then search for Third Degree Mind. And don't forget to click subscribe. Another option is if you have an Apple device like an iPhone, Third Degree Mind is available for free in the Apple iTunes store. Just search Third Degree Mind and click subscribe. Third Degree Mind is produced on Podbean, so you can always find all the available episodes there at thirddegreemind.podbean.com. And of course, you can subscribe there as well. Podbean also has mobile apps for your Android or Apple device to make it even easier to find all of our content and subscribe so that you'll always get up-to-date notifications when new content is released. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Welcome back to Third Degree Mind. Thank you again for uh, listening today. Uh, I just kind of have one more thing that I wanted to talk about with this idea. You know, don't blink. Life goes, life keeps moving whether you're living it or sitting on the sidelines watching it. I watched a movie last week, uh, The Guardian. Uh, It's with Kevin Costner, Ashton Kutcher. It's a great movie. I've I've seen it a number of times, and there's a scene in that movie that, you know, kind of makes me think of all this stuff that we've been talking about, and it's the main character, Kevin Costner. He's sitting in a bar, and he's talking to a bartender who's a, a personal friend of his, and they're talking about getting old. Kevin Costner is a, uh, he's in his 40s, I'm guessing, and he's a, uh, a rescue swimmer with the United States Coast Guard. And during the movie, he becomes an instructor teaching the next generation of rescue swimmers. So people that are going to school 19, 20, 21 years old, and they're in this military boot camp school to become rescue swimmers. So he's he's teaching, and in the process, he does 
you know, he's swimming and he injures his shoulder and he's sitting in this bar late at night talking to the bartender, Maggie, about uh, getting old. And I really like her perspective on this. It kind of fits with what we've been talking about. So I want to share that with you. You're a bigamist. You've been married to the Coast Guard all along. Give me that shoulder. Mm. Probably swumming out of socket. Trying to prove you're still 19. Am I right? When the heck did we get old? Hell, I've always been old, Ben. You know what, though? I don't mind. I mean, if my muscles ache, it's because I've used them. It's hard for me to walk up them steps now. It's because I walked up them every night to lay next to a man who loved me. I got a few wrinkles here and there, but I've laid under thousands of skies with sunny days. Yeah. I look and feel this way. Well, because I drank and I smoked, I lived and I loved and danced, sang, sweat and screwed my way through a pretty damn good life. Yes, me. Getting old ain't bad, man. Getting old, that's earned. Getting old, it's earned, is what she says. I, I like that. When you get old and your muscles ache, it's earned because you you lived a life. I want to have that perspective when I reach that age. So I want to live the next 20, 30 years of my life doing what I want to do and not having this cloud of debt haunting me and forcing me to not do those things. I don't want to be sitting there at 50, 55, 60 years old and wondering where my life went. I want to have that perspective that she has that She's lived a pretty damn good life, she says. Because remember, at the end of the day, life keeps going. And there's only one rule here. Don't blink. Don't you blink or you're going to miss it. That's what Kenny Chesney has to say. I love that advice. Thanks so much for listening to Third Degree Mind today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And... We'll be back uh, again real soon to talk to you. If you need anything in the meantime, you know how to find me. Reach out on the Facebook page, Third Degree Mind. Or you can send me an email if you refuse to use Facebook. Send me an email, borderline750 at gmail.com. Have a great day. Turning into moms and dads, next thing.
You better have a 50 years is there in bed. And you pray and God takes you instead. Trust me, friend, a hundred years goes faster than you think. So don't blink. Start putting first things first Cause when your hourglass runs out of sand You can't rip it over and start again Take every breath God gives you for what it's worth Don't wait Just like that you're six years old And you take a nap And you wake up and you're 25 and your high school sweetheart becomes your wife Don't blink You just might miss your babies growing like mine did Turning into moms and dads Next thing you know You better have a 50 years is there and there And you pray and God takes you instead Trust me, friend A hundred years goes faster than you think trying to slow it down I've been trying to take it in this here today gone tomorrow world we're living in don't blink just like that you're six years old and you take a nap and you wake up and you're 25 and your high school sweetheart becomes your wife don't blink you just might miss your baby Growing like my dear Turning into moms and dads Next thing you know You better have A 50 years is there and there And you pray and God takes you instead Trust me friend A hundred years goes faster than you think So don't blink No, don't Hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I wanted to close really quick by reminding you that Third Degree Mind is produced primarily for entertainment purposes and is not intended to treat or diagnose any mental illness and is not intended to replace clinical psychiatry. I am not a licensed therapist or physician, so if you feel that you need mental health treatment, please always seek that appropriate care in your area. If you're feeling actively suicidal, please call 911 or take yourself to an emergency room. If you're in the U.S., 
You can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255 or contact them using their online chat service at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And once again, they are available 24-7.